Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, hello everyone. I'm Dr. Kim. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Dr. Jeannie, your other host. And today we're going to be talking about playing with our dogs. It's serious stuff. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Patricia McConnell. She is um, an animal behaviorist, but she is a multiple author. I mean, she has so many great books out, and her newest one is Play Together, Stay Together. I love that. I can't wait to talk about this. She's a lot of fun. And um, and we'd like to just let you guys go check out her website. Um, before we get started talking to her, go to www.patricial.com. I can't talk, Jeannie. Patricia, <laughs> Patricia McConnell dot com, and that, and we can spell that all out. Um, P A T R I C I A M C C O N N E L L dot com. I think I got it all right. <laughs> we just spelled it right. We'll be putting it in the chat room. Also, welcome to our listening audience. We're glad that you can be with us today, and um, this is going to be a lot of fun because I really like the positive approach that Patricia takes to interacting with our dogs and just having a better relationship with them. So, of course, this goes to one of our favorite topics on the human-animal bond and understanding animal nature. So before we do, we're going to hear from one of our radio partners and give you a little um, information about what he is uh, doing right now also. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume Super Long Lasting Sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. 
Parfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Parfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Boy, thank goodness. A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. I'm Christine Latham, host of The Pampered Pooch. And I'm Vicki Nixon, your co-host. Ever get tired of people that say it's just a dog? Well, we do. It is a growing trend that people love and treat their pets like they are their children. This podcast series will be on topics inclusive of how people pamper their pooches, no matter how big or how small they are. On The Pampered Pooch, we'll talk about pet parties, happening social events, health, and nutrition. Each week, we pick a product of the week, a pooch of the week, and a pooch needing to be adopted. If you like to treat your pet like the royalty they are, then The Pampered Pooch is for you. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. As I said, we are speaking today with Dr. Patricia McConnell, and now we'd like to welcome our wonderful guest, Dr. Patricia McConnell. Welcome. It's so great to have you back with us. Thanks. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, you know what I'm going to do? You were just in Sweden and Norway in August, I believe it was, and um, I used to live there, like I told you before the show, and I just have one thing to ask you, Patricia. Yeah? Har du lernt svenska? Kan du prata svenska nu? Nej. <laughs> Did I learn any Swedish? <laughs> Can you speak any Swedish? I said I said no in Swedish. Does that count? There you go. 
Holy I, cow, I, you know, I can say egakaka, which was one of my favorite <laughs> meals there. Which sounds terrible. <laughs> well, tell everybody what that meal was. That was about egakaka. Egakaka does not in English sound like it'd be like the best food. <laughs> no. It was wonderful. It's this eggy, quiche, comforty food thing mm-hmm. covered in ligandberries. Ah, so I'll tell you so one good. thing I learned about Sweden. One, they love their dogs as much as we do. Mm-hmm. And two, boy, can they cook. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was telling you before the show that I went over there the first time because my stepfather was Swedish, and uh-huh. he did his sabbatical over there. He's a professor in exercise physiology at the University of New Mexico here, and he took us over there for his sabbatical. And um, I went over there. I was a dancer at the time, modern dance, and so I was quite svelte. <laughs> but I didn't come back that way. <laughs> I came back. A Swedish, a Swedish low. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I came back quite healthy Swedish, you know, like you said, full of omega threes and sixes. I think um, it was it was interesting, you know, to come back and realize I'm not that same girl, and I never have been since. <laughs> but I've you know out. what? The, the food is real. It was really good then. I don't know if it's still that way, but I'm really, yeah. really healthy and pure then. Um, I just ate a whole lot of it. <laughs> It's excellent. I could be harvested for omega-3s right now. I eat so much moss. There's salmon. Oh, and uh, herring. And, yeah. And, you know, southern Sweden, which is where I was, in Tomalila, with a Hund Asterlen group who brought mm-hmm. me over to do a seminar there, which was just a joy, by the way, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but southern Sweden is very much like Wisconsin. It's hilly and green and full of cows and pastures. We don't have the ocean thing <laughs> yeah. wrapping around us with yeah. the locks and the herring, but it's, it's, southern Sweden is beautiful. And then I went to Norway and um, spent a few days on the fjord country of Norway, which is also just, oh. It's really, it's, it's, still, it's more mountainous there. Um, very mountainous, yes. Very different. Subarctic, actually, up on the top. Wow. It is. You you actually heard a dialect down in southern um, southern Sweden that's um, quite similar to either Danish or even with because it has a lot of French influence. So oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, because I lived in Stockholm, so the dialect is completely different. And and when you live there, you can really hear the difference. My um, step grandmother was from southern Sweden, so she, uh, and she she had such a. It's just like being in the southern United States right, yeah. versus being on the east coast mm. of the United States when you're up in do, Stockholm. So do you, do you I, know that? Birds, um, some of them, some of the songbirds actually have different dialects depending on what area of the country they live in. Really? No way. Are you serious? I'm serious. I'm serious. Peter Marler looked at, um, boy, I think it was white crowned sparrows. It was one of the sparrows. And he found that the sparrows north of San Francisco had, had, they sing the same song. But there are enough differences that it's the equivalent of differences between somebody speaking in Georgia versus somebody speaking in the Bronx. Okay, now that is interesting. Isn't that fun? Yeah. That is even more fun than you know. So that's, now you've got my interest all peaked on that. Now we're going to have to look into that. <laughs> wow, Patricia, that is really interesting. So you got invited to speak in Sweden on um, for, for uh, dog behavior, right? Right, yep. I gave one day on um, a seminar I call Both Ends of the Leash, and it's it's basically an inquiry and demonstration about the natural behavior, the ethology of people and dogs, and how sometimes we communicate effectively and how sometimes we miscommunicate. And it, it gives people a lot of ideas about how to communicate with their dogs in ways that dogs 
inherently understand. And so let me just, can I give you a quick example? Absolutely. One is that, do you, I'm sure you know what I mean, you know that dog, we all have had one, at least at one point, who just can't let you watch the news or the movie (laughs) or the political convention. And there's the paw in the lap and there's the tennis ball in the lap and there's Mm -hmm. the big brown eyes and there's the pet me, pet me, pet me. And, you know, there are just times as much as we want and need to interact with our dog. There, you know, there really are times it's just like, I've been petting for 15 minutes, I'm done now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it turns out if you look at dog behavior, they have a signal that basically means I'm not, I'm not going to interact with you right now. I'm busy doing something else, which is called a look away, which basically mm. means well, the human version of it is I like to fold my arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sort of just helps create a closed kind of posture, but most importantly, you turn your head to the side and up. Not down, but your chin goes up. It's sort of like a valley girl. We all know, like being a freshman in high school, about what it feels like to be rejected by the, I don't know, I was the one who was rejected by the popular clique. You might have been uh, the popular clique. I don't know. Who knows? Not me, no. No, <laughs> no usually us animal lovers weren't in that group. But, right. But, right. But if that signal basically means to dogs, I'm done interacting with you. And I like to add a little pat, pat on top of the head. Pat, pat. Not mm-hmm. stroke, stroke, but just pat, pat, right on top of their head. Mm-hmm. And then you turn your head away. And and dogs, they don't necessarily give up right away. It's not like magic, especially if they've learned that if they keep pawing at you, you know, mm-hmm. you'll give up and pet them. But you'd be amazed at how fast, how fast they go like, oh, okay, I get it. And what we tend to do is the opposite. We look right at them and say, no, 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 honey. Mm-hmm. No, no, mommy. Oh, I am so glad you said that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, our, our inclination is these words. So we look at them and we say, no, 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 I, I, you know, I'm busy. Right. Every time you look at them, you're saying, I want to interact with you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what you're saying to wow. me, um, Patricia, you're saying that we're trying to interact with them the way we would with our children. No, I don't want you to interrupt me, and you're going to look right at them, and you're going to point at them right. when it's your child. But a dog, that's not communicating the same thing. Exactly. You got it. Right. on the head. To a dog, you've got, he's got your undivided attention. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> got exactly what he was wanting. about to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're, they struggle so hard to figure out what it is we want. So, you know, we look at them and say, go away now. And you can just... <laughs> See their little brains, the smoke coming out of theirs going, what does she want? You know, what is she saying? And I yeah. keep staring at her. I'll figure it out. They'll be, the, the mystery is in there somewhere. Right. <laughs> She'll move it away. I'll figure this out. I know I will. Oh. You know, so what you're saying is to get from their perspective and get into their mind. And really, that's the whole point of what, why we even have this show is so that people can start to look at things from the perspective of the animals so that we can have a better communication, better you know, relationship with them. Well, it and is a perfect fit because I know you're both naturopaths, and, mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. your expertise is is teaching teaching people to understand the natural process of health, exactly. and, which I am just in such support of, by the way. Oh, and, awesome! That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely, just completely, and and this is this is a sort of behavioral training perspective that does the same thing. You know, it's like, who are they? How do they work? How do their brains work? Right. And how do they communicate in ways that we can humanely and but and, and effectively not only have better behaved dogs, but enhance our relationship with them? 
Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's real. And, and that's real important to us because we think for so long what has happened, Patricia. And I'm sure because you travel all around the world and you speak everywhere, and you're you're helping people to understand their animals. Um, that what we see is a lot of the things that happen legislatively happen because we don't understand them because we don't know what that what the commitment is because we don't understand their nature and how they think. Therefore, we create situations that could have been avoided. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and we buy into training techniques mm-hmm. that are based on misunderstandings mm-hmm. of their behavior and, right. and how they communicate and how animals learn. You know, the, mm-hmm. the new interest in getting dominance over your dog um, is, is, in my mind, is regrettable. Yes, and and you know it's not that I mean I'll I'll just mention the elephant in the room here. It's not that I don't think Caesar, who who um, Caesar Milan, who's had mm-hmm. a tremendous impact on dog training in the states. There's a lot of what he does. I think is great. I really mm-hmm. do. The guy is special. He's a star. Right. He has star quality. He has amazing presence. I love that he tells people to get more exercise for their dogs. Mm-hmm. And um. And I love it that he he basically inspires people that if you have a behavioral problem there there are you know there are things you can do to fix it. Right. But I don't agree with him about this general belief that all behavioral problems are caused by dominance. It's, it's mm-hmm. like saying all the problems with your children, mm-hmm. you know, all your behavioral problems. Your your children aren't perfect because you're not a dominant enough parent. And and I just don't think that works. Right. I'm in agreement with you, and, and it's interesting because all of the guests that we've had coming on lately are almost mirroring what you're saying, mm-hmm. and yet they're mirroring yeah. it for birds, they're mirroring it for, you know, which are prey animals, and horses. One of the things that Jeannie and I have learned from horses is that while there is always an alpha or a dominant mare in mm-hmm. a herd, mm-hmm. um, they're not the leader. Mm-hmm. That, that mare is not the leader of the pack. The leader is the one who has the greater good in mind. You know, of the herd, they're the the one that's gonna um, be there for everybody. Where the good food is, yes, Uh, yeah. Decide when to leave the valley because there's another band coming in with an aggressive sound. Exactly, yes, exactly. That's such a good point. Is that this whole concept of dominance? There is such a thing, Mm -hmm. but it's very complicated. And and you know, basically, what horse gets the grain first? Has mm-hmm. nothing to do with what horse knows where the good food is mm-hmm. right. necessarily. Right. You know? Yep. It's it, it's interesting. And then you have just now released another book, Play Together, Stay Together. Now that piqued my interest because <laughs> play is something that I I I actually it's interesting because our morning walks consist of my you know when we go out walking we went we live in um, semi rural area and so we walk a perimeter that my dog it's serious business to him because he's going out to stake territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and so he's got a whole different mindset. He's happy, but mm-hmm. he's focused. Mm-hmm. Now, playtime is in the evening, and for me that is my favorite time of day, mm. and yet with that playtime is the most serious time for us only because for that is our major bonding time. Yeah. I, I, I believe, and it, it's, it's just a belief, but it's based on a lot of background, I believe that part of this amazing bond we have with dogs, and it really is, if you look at it as a biologist, which is how I was trained, it's a biological phenomenon. I mean, we have two predatory species here who mm-hmm. basically were competitors 
30,000 years ago. We were competing for the same food sources. You know, wolves are omnivores too. They don't just eat meat. They're not, car- they're not pure carnivores. They're omnivores. And so we were competing for the same food sources. And yet, yet we have, you know, we're living with animals who have carpet knives in their mouths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, basically, and, right. And, and, and we have such a close relationship that, that people, well, look at Hurricane Katrina. People died because they wouldn't mm-hmm. leave their dog. I mean, hundreds yeah. of people chose to die for an individual of a different species. That's a biological phenomenon that deserves some attention, I would argue. Mm-hmm. I would think but a lot of people wouldn't understand that, though, unless they're the kind of people who think like we do in that respect, um, Patricia, because we are definitely bona fide animal lovers. <laughs> oh, I think you're right. I think, I mean, we're all, you know, we're, we're very different individuals, and there are, there's no question that one of the ways you can sort the world is into people who love animals and people mm-hmm. who, who, are, who, who don't necessarily dislike them. Yeah, they like um, them and they enjoy them, but... Or a bit. Yeah, a little neutral. Um, actually, mm-hmm. you know, there's some research that's been done not too long ago that found that neutral and negative attitudes towards animals in general are increasing. Which is really sad. Really? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I'm not. not. Why is that? Well, the speculate we don't know, but the speculation is that because kids are spending less time outside, spending more time on the internet, um, they're they're going to national parks less. Visiting Mm. national parks has decreased, for example. Um, Their children have less and less interactions with animals. A lot of children in inner cities, their only interactions with animals are negative. Right, we yeah, know what that, that is. True. Yeah. Rats, there's cockroaches, and there's and there are dogs who who, mm-hmm. who are very scary. Who who? Well, there's dogs fighting and all that oh, stuff. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, who have been you know who could have been fine dogs somewhere, but you know might not be because of the way they've been raised and the way they've right. been treated. And so, um, so but those of us who do love animals, we we love them so much, and I think one of the bonds that we have with dogs is because. Unique to most mammals, we both play like little kids mm-hmm. until the yeah. day we die. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dogs are so playful even when they're grown-ups. And, you know, mm-hmm. horses horses play some. Mm-hmm. Oh, I tell fun. you, if they're allowed to be what they really are, you should see some of these videos we've seen mm-hmm. recently. Um, yeah. Patricia getting off topic here, but, I mean, yeah. they play. They spaz out. <laughs> just like it's dogs. awesome to yeah. see them that these animals that are truly loved and understood they just release to be what they really are. You know, and dogs we see dogs do this kind of stuff all the time. We see horses right. doing it. it blows my mind. You don't yeah. see it as often, right? No, only with people that really, really get them. That's and really interesting. It yeah, is I'd love to see some of those videos. But oh, but, yeah, I'll have to send you the link. Certainly, dogs and people. I mean, look at us. We love to play, and so mm-hmm. play can be play can be such an amazing tool. It can enhance our relationship, as you said. It's your bonding time. It's fun. It's good for both of us, and it's a wonderful way to teach dogs how to um, how to listen, how to pay attention, how to learn emotional control, mm-hmm. um, how to deal with frustration tolerance. You know, this is why sports is so useful for children so often, is they learn mm-hmm. a lot about working as a group. They learn a sure. lot about about um, frustration tolerance. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I want to go. Well, it's not your turn, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so what was the, in, 
what, what got you interested in wanting to write this book? Was it just something that was on your heart for a while, or, or what was it that, that motivated you to, to well, put Well, you know, my co-author, who, who was Karen London, um, a certified applied animal behaviorist as well. We both have PhDs in zoology and had similar kinds of background. Um, Karen London is one of the most playful people I know. Bless her heart. <laughs> she's going to be playing when she's, you know, 98 years old. Oh, I'd get along good with her then. <laughs> you would. You would. Who could not, you know? Right. And, and so Karen has always been especially interested in play. And I've found over, boy, the last 20 years that even though we advocate um, using food as a reinforcement a lot, because mm-hmm. it's for so many reasons. It's, it's, if you use it right, you're not bribing them. You're not, you know, they're not doing it just because they want a cookie. It's just a way of teaching good habits I and agree. reinforcing them. But, but there are, I've seen case after case of, say, a, say a, a dog who is really aggressive to other dogs, mm-hmm. really aggressive, highly emotional. And so you're trying to teach them an incompatible behavior. Rather than barking and lunging and growling every time you see a dog, why don't you turn your head and look at me? Mm-hmm. when you see a dog. Right. And that's something you can teach a lot of dogs to do. And with 90% of them using food, it's like, hey, you know, if I see another dog, you know, and I look at you, I get a piece of chicken, they get like, other dogs, <laughs> yeah. I love everything, you know. <laughs> Who's barking and lunging? I'm looking right. at you, I'm getting chicken. Where's the other dog? Bring on the other dog. <laughs> so it works really well, but there's a percentage of them who stay stressed, and they'll take the food, but they snatch it. You know, and mm-hmm. as naturopaths, you know that when animals really tense, their whole physiology is wrong. Sure. Not wrong. Well, so but, is ours. Out of balance. Yeah. 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 So, so what I found, and I did this with, with a new dog that I got, um, is, is you love to play. And so these dogs who love to play, you could say, watch, and rather than giving them a piece of chicken, you play tug-of-war with them. Ah, and it and you know you animals can be mildly anxious and tense and still mm-hmm. eat. If they're severely anxious, then all that cortisol shuts the appetite down. But if they're mildly anxious, they'll still eat. That they'll snatch it. But it's very difficult for a dog to be playful and anxious at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so, if the reinforcement for not barking and lunging becomes a tug of war game, mm-hmm. it has like a profound that. effect. So that's my dog's favorite the, game, by the way. Tug? Yeah. yeah. Tug is his favorite. Well, he's a yeah. Neil Mastiff, so that makes sense, I think. Just yeah, I saw the picture. you got a big, you got to be really strong to play Tug with your dog. <laughs> well, you, you know really what? He, shape. he doesn't always, I mean, he doesn't, We, we he's really spoiled, <laughs> I'll be honest here. And he wins a lot. Um and I know I could hear a lot of dog trainers going, oh, you should never let him win. But I let him win. Well, you know, there's research on that, actually. Um, oh, what were their names? Hang on a second. I know their names. I know it. I know it. Who was it who did research on that? Rooney. Rooney and Bradshaw um, did some research not too long ago on people playing tug-of-war and whether winning has an effect or not. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's really interesting stuff. Is One, they determined from their study that it had no effect on status relationships or who's mm. dominant. Well, so, I, re- I that's what I would say in my relationship. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm still the boss episode. <laughs> right. The only thing, it did have one effect, though. If the dogs who were those really pushy dogs who were very demanding about play, mm-hmm. you know, play with me, play with me, play with me, really pushy, demanding dogs got a little bit more pushy if mm. they got the toy. 
but right. but it had no effect on social status at all. Uh, so, that's well, you, yeah, good to know. Yeah, because yeah. my dog plays tuggy, and it's serious business oh, for yeah. him. You know, and he, well, he, mine he, play together and play tuggy. I'll get three or four of them on a tuggy toy. Oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> yeah, what I, I bet that is adorable, Jeannie. I uh, that is so cute. But you know, with, when when mine's doing it, he gets the growling thing going, and he's real serious. He's going to win, and then I'll go. <laughs> I have this game that I play for Trisha. As soon as he wins, I'll go, bingo, you're a winner. <laughs> you're a winner, you're a champion. He struts. And in our other house, there was a mirror in the hallway, and he would strut down the mirror and look at himself like, I'm the winner, I'm the winner, I'm the winner. <laughs> and it was funny. It's funny to me to watch it, his whole interaction. Happy, happy dog when we're playing that. I'm so proud. Mm. There's, yeah. um, you know, I love Tug now. 20 years ago, I have to admit, I got a full disclosure here. When I first started, I bought the party line that, oh, you know, I don't know that you should play tug with your dog. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right. much about winning a dominance. It was more about getting dogs super aroused, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and using their teeth and using all their strength. And, and right. it's certainly something people have to watch out for. But ironically, we talk in, in Play Together, Stay Together about how you can use tug to teach dogs to to learn frustration tolerance, to learn emotional control, to learn to drop something on cue. So I mean, mm-hmm. I actually use tug as a way of teaching drop it, as a way of teaching leave it, as a way of mm-hmm. teaching get back, which is one of my favorite signals right. to have. Back up, please. Just back up a few paces. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful signal to have. Dog's getting a little pushy with another you know dog. What? You know That is actually yeah. what we do. That's interesting. Really? I hadn't even thought. Yeah, and when he backs up, he bucks like a horse. He's so silly. <laughs> But also when I win, uh, I will tell you, Patricia, when I'm the winner, I do the same thing he does. I'm I'm the winner. (laughs) And he's got this look on his face like, I'll show you, you won't next time, you know. It's it's interesting. I just what you're saying to me is fascinating because I'm wondering if inherently there's some instinct going on there. I get down and thinking like a dog when I'm playing with him in that respect. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we share that. You know, playing a lot about playing is is trying to get an advantage in a real benevolent, fun way. You know, if you mm-hmm. think about it, like kids wrestling. Well, the goal of wrestling is like who's on top. You know, right. And, and the goal of our games is to win, and mm-hmm. the goal of chasing is to be first. And, you know, that's a lot of what play is about. It's like, I can beat you. I can, I'm faster. I'm right. quicker. I'm and, and on the front of your book, isn't there somebody chasing a German Shepherd? <laughs> on the front of the book, somebody chasing a German Shepherd? No. Or was it a play, or is, there, is it a ball-throwing game or something? There's, that's there's a on. little terrier going after a ball. Okay, yeah. so the terrier going after a ball. The dog is definitely going to win. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Definitely going to get the ball first. <laughs> you can well, tell the human the, doesn't have a chance. <laughs> there were two games when my dog came to live with us, Patricia. Um, he was a um, we. He was a rescue, and he wanted to play chase. And I wondered, what is this dog doing? Why does he want me to chase him? I thought he'd been abused, <laughs> but he thought, you know, it, I'm the fastest. I'm zooming around the yard, going 90 miles an hour, and it was really funny. Of course, now he still thinks he's that fast, but he's quite a bit older and I still can't catch him but it's a game it's not like when we're serious the whole thing you know when when it's a different situation when we're no longer playing he knows Mm -hmm. when the playtime has ended Mm -hmm. is that something that you teach to know the difference for them when play is ended and 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 the dynamics change I think it's a great idea and you well may have 
done that. You know, I think um, I specifically say that's enough. Mm. Um, and I actually use that signal a lot, but I teach it in play. So I'll, like, throw the ball for my dog mm-hmm. to fetch or whatever, Frisbee. And then when we're done, I say, that's enough. And I do my hands like uh, uh, umpires saying you're safe. So oh. it's a nice, real strong visual signal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I say, that's enough. And then I get, and, and that means whatever we're doing now, we're not going to do anymore. Right. And it's great because you can use it. Your dog's barking. Say, that's enough. Mm. Your dog, you know, you're doing something else, and it's a, it's a kind of a cutoff signal. And right. so, but I use play to teach it because it's so easy. It's like I pick up the ball, you know, I'm going to pick up the ball, go home. You know, hmm. I'm not going to so throw it. So you're teaching them all the, the the commands that they're going to need for their safety and um, yeah. just for you know for for all the things that you need, all the reasons why we need a dog to be trained. Mm. And yet you're doing it in a fun environment. Exactly. That's a lot about why we wrote this booklet because it's so. You know, the more your dog listens, the more freedom your, can do- your dog can have. Right. And, and I think that's a lot of what dogs want, is, is they, want to, they want what we want. I mean, they want to be able to decide to turn left and sniff the grass five feet away, you know, mm-hmm. rather. You know, the, so the more, the more responsive your dog is, the more freedom they have. Now, there are sure. plenty of dogs I would never, ever take out loose in the woods and, and just let go. I mean, there are just plenty of dogs who, no matter how good a trainer you are, that just wouldn't be a good risk right. statement. Right. You know? mm-hmm. um, but, but, there, but there are plenty of dogs you can. And so, for example, I live out where there's a lot of country, there are a lot of deer, there are foxes, there's rabbits, um, but I like to walk a lot. And most of the places we walk are are pretty rural, but, you know, they're highways and they're county roads and sure. they're... Mm-hmm. There's trouble potentially out there, and so if I'm going to have a dog off leash, I I want to be able to stop them no matter what they're doing. That's just critical to me. I think everybody's dog I off agree. leash yeah. should mm-hmm. stop. And so the way I teach, I just my new border collie Willie. He's two now, and when he was just starting, you know, six months or so, starting to really fetch well with some consistency, I started teaching him. I would throw uh, his toy. Um, such that I was between him and the toy. Mm-hmm. And then as he started to run for it, I'd say, lie down. Or, whoa. I actually use whoa. That's <laughs> good. Like, I like the whoa. <laughs> so much, it just comes out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say, whoa. Um, and, and then he'd have to stop. And then I'd say, okay. And then he could go get the ball. And then just gradually I started doing that where I wasn't in between him and the ball so that I can have him running away from me at a dead run and say, whoa, or lie down, and he'll either stop or lie down. And that means I can walk him anyway. Oh, we just flushed is... a deer who literally, literally was five feet in front of us. I mean, I just about had a heart attack because it oh, leapt out of the grass, and all of us were equally stunned, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it leapt out of the grass and took off, and my dogs, of course, took off after it at 25 right. miles an hour. And I said, lie down, and they did. Awesome. And yeah, and if you know, I mean, those are border collies. Was that mm-hmm. you know? Could I get that from a Great Pyrenees or a bloodhound? Well, maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but nonetheless, you know, nonetheless, it was wonderful to be able to have that, and, oh, and you could no use doubt. play. It's interesting too. though that you even brought up the fact that with different breeds, there's different responses. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's because of what I think. This is something else that people have 
we've left somewhere in the dust of our, you know, as we've left our rural roots and, and flooded into the cities and urbanized ourselves, we have forgotten that those every single breed that we have was bred for a certain function and purpose. That's right. And so, you know, there are dogs that were bred to be, for example, guardian breeds like livestock guardians such as Great Pyrenees or Rottweilers that need to be independent thinking. Right. And now we don't, now we want to lock them up and, and not allow them that freedom. And you said something really interesting to me a minute ago about giving them their freedom. You are marrying, it's really interesting to hear you and several other people who are focused on animal behavior are saying the same thing. Really? About different species of animals. Oh yeah, that's so interesting. Uh, horses and parrots and guessing. right? Yeah, we have chosen to bring them into our homes and into our lives and into our, you know, property or whatever. And, you know, depending, horses can't be in the house necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the fact that it's the freedom that these animals are really longing for, I think, mm-hmm. just as we are, just as we do. And yet with freedom comes responsibility and for us to be able to teach that to them in a way that gives them their liberty while keeping them safe. That's really um, important point that you're bringing up. It is a challenge, isn't it? And I know, you know, this is a very controversial issue. I just got a long letter from a woman who attended one of my seminars where I was talking about this issue and she was very distressed that I would ever talk about an animal off-leash. Mm. Our dog, in any circumstance, mm-hmm. because yeah. she felt like there were so many dangers associated with that. And mm. and she'd been, and I know this happens, is she'd been with her animals walking on leash and then other people's dogs who are not under control, right. you know, come running at her dogs and, mm-hmm. you know, the owner a block away waves like, it's okay. Yeah, he like, doesn't no, bite. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay there. where you are, but it's not okay where I am. Right. <laughs> so again, it so, comes into but, but a human really, responsibility. Exactly, and and I think finding this balance, it, it's granted it's very personal. You know, how much risk are you willing to take? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very personal, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head, is that, is that we have this great responsibility to make thoughtful considerations about balancing risk and freedom um, with our animals, just as we do our children. I mean, we sure. make, you know, people make the same choices with their children. The safest child would be a child who lived, never leaves the house. Mm-hmm. That would be the safest child in some ways, but they wouldn't be healthy, right. you know, just because of getting exercise, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very personal issue, um, but it's a very interesting one, and I think it deserves a lot of thought. I think it deserves a lot of thought and a lot of people really uh, wanting to talk about this because we've come to the place, even in our own country, where safety seems to take precedence over everything else. It's a really interesting point. Yeah. And, and, and I think that with when when you when you want nothing but safety, you're going to forego freedom. You're going to forego li- liberty. Um, there's always going to be a risk with any kind of freedom. And you know what? Animals, <laughs> quite honestly, they're willing to take that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You would, so we you need to teach been, them. You know, we need to be able to do what you're exactly what you're teaching in your book, in your training, um, in in your blogging that you share on your blogging because you have a wonderful blog. Thanks. Uh, that you're sharing about how we can give them that liberty and still keep, you know, still be responsible and still keep 
um, keep them safe. Mm-hmm. We need that you balance. would have been very amused when I was in Kenya years ago. Um, I take people on safari every once in a while that focuses mm-hmm. on animal behavior. And we were in Kenya. We were at a uh, refuge for endangered giraffes. Um, and you were able to feed some of these giraffes. And wow. the, the young male adolescent giraffe, um, we were up actually two stories up, so we were at head height. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is literally two stories up. It's just they're like wow, yeah. like, <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. They're they're uh, they're like out of Jurassic Park. I mean, they're just wow. amazing. <laughs> so cool. So so I'm feeding this adolescent male giraffe whose head is bigger than my torso, and wow. and he flicks me with his head and knocks me over and actually hurts my neck. And so I sat back and watched him, and and he flicked, knocked over every woman. Not man, but every woman who came to feed him. And I finally, after about a half an hour of watching this with great interest and amusement, and 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 neck, you know, getting a little better, yeah. I asked one of the keepers to walk by, a Kenyan man, and I said, "Does anybody ever get hurt here?" And he said, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Of course. <laughs> like, that's a stupid question, lady. You're, you know, you're dealing with a huge wild animal. <laughs> Crack me up. It's like, would that happen in this country? I don't think so. Yeah. Right. You know, and it, to him, it was probably like a, um, and, you know, that's the risk you take. You know? Right. Exactly. That's a dumb like, well, of course. You know, of course you do. You're working with big animals. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, right. You know, so that was it was a no-brainer. That's interesting how our culture has done that. And I, I find it really sad, personally, because I grew up in a much less safer supposedly safer time right. and yet yeah. it was so much more liberating and yeah we got nicks and scratches and stuff but you know that's what helps you grow into into a well balanced adult I think um, we're actually running down to the end of the I knew this was going to happen with you. <laughs> it happens every time you've got some seminars coming up here um, shortly around the country don't you Oh, I do. I do, I do. Where am I going to be speaking? I'm going to be speaking. Well, I think Wisconsin is in is this month I'm going to Madison, give, yeah, that's not a seminar, but it'll be a really fun talk. I'm talking at a great pet store called um, Bad Dog Frida. You just, oh, <laughs> you got to love the name of this pet store, right? Bad Dog Frida. Who could not love that? Oh. Um, how fun is that, right? Yeah. And, and, and it looks like you're going to Georgia in October yeah. and Louisville in um I guess you said, and both of those in October. Which is the Association of Pet Dog Trainers. And actually, people who are interested in the topic of play, APDT is having an entire day symposium on play. (gasps) That is so cool. Yeah, this is the Association of uh, Pet Dog Trainers. Closer. <laughs> so they so they're going to get to interact with their dogs and learn how 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 to um, how playing can really help you get not just the bond but but the um, response you want. Exactly, and there's there's a bunch of different speakers talking about research and practical applications. Um, their website, by the way, it's really simple. It's apdt.dogtrainer.com, uh, and people can learn about the conference there. So, yeah, that'll be oh, really that is fun. So That's exciting. in Lexington, you get to, Kentucky. That is so great that you get to travel around and do these. And I think people can also contact you on your website at patriciamcconnell.com and um, find out how they can get you to come speak in their part of the country, right? Yep, that's right. And the blog is The Other End of the Leash. Yeah. Is it The Other End of the Leash.com? Dot com. 
Yep. It is a great blog. Wonderful. And they can find it on your main website also, can't they? Yeah, Patricia? that's right. Yep. You can connect and you, between the two. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's tell everybody, you've got great dog training tips there, and you really write. I mean, you're a great writer. You've written so mm-hmm. many books. Um, the the Other End of a Leash is another really good one that you have. And um, you have dog training, not just books, but you have the DVDs. And um, so there's a lot of ways that people can get help. If they can't attend your seminars, they can yeah. you know, buy your books, your DVDs, read your blog, and and, and I guess you uh, also can interact. They can interact with you on your blog. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. You guys do such oh, good work. Thanks for coming, well, Patricia. We want to have you again. <laughs> yeah, we, we, need to, we need to share as you develop some of these things and find out more about those birds <laughs> that have different dialects. That is just yeah. too cool. That's um, interesting. And come and share with us about your, your travels and your experiences and work with other animals as well. Um, Patricia, we're going to put you on the spot. I don't know if Jeannie prepared you for this or not, but I think you're well prepared because the whole show was words of wisdom. But in closing, we ask our guests if what words of wisdom would they like to most impress upon the audience that they would walk away with knowing the most important thing you want to share with them? Mm. <laughs> no, I wasn't prepared. But, you know, oh. here's, that's okay. That's okay. Here's what I'd say is that, is, is that your dog, no matter how much he loves you, can't read your mind <laughs> and can't, doesn't come speaking English. Right. And the more you can learn dog... And the more you can learn how to use positive reinforcement to get what you want, the happier you and your dog will be. Mm. Great words of wisdom, I think. And I'm glad that you wrote a playbook. I cannot believe that. You're, you know, <laughs> is Karen London going to be with you at any of your book signings? Or she'll be. She'll be at APDT at the Association of Pet Dog Trainers. She's speaking um, about using play to treat aggression problems. Yeah, Wonderful. she should give a great talk. I think that's really great. And, and of course, you guys will um, talk about the different, um, how people that have different breeds. I mean, I wonder if you bring that up, that the different breeds might, you know, respond in some ways differently. Yes, they do. Yes. Yeah, boxers really box. Yes. (laughs) They do. I know. I grew up with them. Yep. Border Collies herd, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. German Shepherd. Yeah, the boxers do. I had a boxer at a a doggy run I went to uh, here a couple years ago, and I wasn't, I don't remember if I was running in it or not. I think I was just going to check it out. And (laughs) the boxer hung out standing up with her arms around me trying to kiss me the whole time. I don't know what the deal was with it. Her owner was embarrassed. I thought it was funny, but, um, you know, but they do that. She just wanted hug and attention, and she wasn't sitting with her owner, which I was embarrassed for the owner, but um, just the dog left me. I don't know what it was. had good judgment. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that, Patricia. We are so honored that you took time. We know how busy you are and um, that you've been traveling and you're happy to be home again. And we just encourage our audience to go to your website at patriciamcconnell.com, pick up copies of her book, her DVDs, and have fun with your dog. Learn to play with your dog and have a good time with your dog and um, so that we can all have better relationships with our dogs and, you know, not be so safe all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Take a chance once in a while. (laughs) Well, thank you for being with us, Patricia. We appreciate you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for all you do. And in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail-wagging, hoof-stomping, wing-flapping, perfectly animal-talking day. Pets and Nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer. 
so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.